Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia experience coffee like never before this our mother of the eucharist production is made possible by you if you would like to support us by donating click the give online tab at the top of our website or MotherOfTheEucharist.org. Thank you and God bless you. Welcome to Shades of Blue. All that is good, all that is true, all that is beautiful, all that is holy, all that is pure, all that is virtuous, all that is merry. This is Out of the Blue with Sister Carista Maria and Sister Mary Claire. I would just like to capture a little of what's been stirring in my heart right now as Sister Mary Claire and I are studying the aromatical life and growing in a life of solitude. As you can hear, I'm outside. The birds are pretty loud, but it's, it's a real grace to be able to be outside in nature and in prayer. And so I've been reading the Philokalia, and also reading some on the wound of love. It's on the Carthusian way of life. And so the beginnings and the rule of the Carthusians. And as I'm meditating on this, as I'm meditating on this contemplative way of life. I'm actually in, in this chapter right here that talks about, it's from a solitary. And he's talking about asceticism and stillness. And as I'm reading some of it, I'm saying, this is so opposite of the world in which we live. And, and I know that probably not a lot of people will be interested in this type of video because it's really but maybe there will be a number of people because I think there is a hunger that people have of going deeper and growing in silence and solitude and in the ascetical life because the more we do die to this world to the world the flesh and the devil and the more that we transcend the natural realm which all of these things help us to do, then the more we're able to encounter our Lord in the supernatural realm. It helps us to transcend this dimension to the, to the kingdom of God, which is at hand as Jesus came to tell us. So I'm just introducing a little of our series that we're going to be sharing because we'll be sharing more on 
growing in contemplation and silence and solitude and and simplicity and in the ascetical life of, you know, fasting, not only from food, but even other things. Anything that takes us from growing in that deeper stillness and that communion with God in the present moment. So, and certainly our Heavenly Mother helps us in a powerful way with this. There is something more that I'd like to briefly capture as we're going deeper in contemplative life, um, solitude, and simplicity, and silence. And I, as we're going to be studying some of the desert fathers and mothers, I'd like to just acknowledge the number one solitary, in a sense, or um, contemplative of all times, of course, is our Heavenly Mother. And I'm reminded of even way back at the age of three when Joachim and Anne presented Mary in the temple. This is a church tradition, small t. She was presented in the temple in order to live in the temple and to be formed in a life of giving her herself fully to God. And so Mary was in the temple from the age of three till about 13 or 14 when she was then betrothed to St. Joseph. But Mary was being so formed in prayer and obedience and discipline and and an ascetical life of really seeking to transcend this natural realm to grow in this ever more greater communion of life with God, recognizing this this supernatural reality in our midst, which which really um, is fostered when we die to things of this world, of the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And when we die to, you know, our natural senses of, you know, wanting, um, you know, just rich foods and just wanting to have a lot of pleasure in this life when we try to forego that more and more i know we're all in different spots but all of us can be growing in that to uh, transcending the natural realm because it is as we are emptying ourselves of things of this world and this life that we can be attached to that God is able to fill us more. So stay tuned for more videos that we're going to be sharing on growing in this as we delve into the wisdom of those who have gone before us, the desert fathers and mothers and and other contemplative saints that can help us along the way. Right now I'm reading... Uh, the Philokalia. And in this, there is a, a writing of Agrius, the solitary, and he's talking about stillness. And he's saying how important it is that we are always seeking to foster stillness. 
He says, do you desire to embrace this life of solitude and to seek out the blessings of stillness? If so, abandon the cares of the world and the principalities and powers that lie behind them. Free yourself from attachment to material things. For only by raising himself above these things can a man achieve the life of stillness. He he goes on to speak of fasting and having, you know, more of a plain diet and even regarding Martha and Mary, he says how Jesus is saying Mary has chosen the better part because she was intent on hearing the divine word. He's referring to uh, stillness and he says, make stillness your criterion for testing the value of everything and choose always what contributes to it. And that's why he was referring to Mary and Martha in that scripture at one point because Martha was busy about many things. She was anxious. She was busy. And and that's what our Lord was confronting in her. Not that she was serving, but she had gotten to a point where she was had no stillness inside of her. And she was anxious. And so Avagrius, who is encouraging those of us who are feeling called to foster this life of contemplation and silence and solitude, he's saying, let uh, make stillness your criterion for testing the value of everything and choose always what contributes to it. So, of course, we all know that love may be, must be at the heart of all that we do. Really, love must be where we discern everything but at the same time, if we're really desired to grow in, in deeper union with our Lord and contemplative prayer, He is saying that we should really foster stillness and make decisions based on what will help us to foster that stillness of heart, that being with God in the present moment, no matter what we're doing, even if we're doing something active, that we can still have a stillness of heart in it because Jesus comes to bring peace to us and in his will is our peace. And this world is filled with so much chaos, so much uh, anxiety and so much um, upheaval everywhere and so much stimulation everywhere and so we're being called to quiet ourselves to be still and know that he is God and of course that's a scripture and that's really where this um, solitary is is coming from he's just calling us to really foster being still and knowing that he is God so may we all be attentive even now take some time after you end this video to be still with God 
and recognize him in your heart. God bless you. Hi, brothers and sisters. Um, I'm before our Lord in the Eucharist, and um, some things I've been reflecting on I wanted to share with you. You all said that you wanted to enter uh, more deeply in, into the life of solitude, and uh, you wanted to learn more. And so Sister Kirsten Marie and I have been desiring to share with you She's really reading the Philokalia right now, and I'm reading uh, The Hermitage Within. The Hermitage Within. Um, it's a very beautiful book, and um, I would like to share with you something that really struck me this morning, and I would uh, like to read it to you, because it says that Jesus will become someone very close to you very close to you. He will become someone very close to you. And him entire with his divine transcendence, his lovable human qualities, his saving dominion over your soul, you receive in the Eucharist and adore in the tabernacle. How can the hermit imagine himself to be alone in the desert? How can he talk of the desperate monotony of his days? Live this friendship with Jesus. It has its conditions for being a consolation. And the first is that it should be a real friendship with enriching and comforting exchanges. You have more to receive than to give. And here's, here's the part that I really like here. And the gift which the Lord expects from you is your receptiveness. My receptiveness. That is so key, brothers and sisters, for us to receive his love into our hearts to know that we are lovable and he loves us so much. And the key, Jesus, it says here, the gift which the Lord expects from you is your receptiveness. Recept Let him plug into you. You know the receptacles? That's what they call them, receptacles. They're being plugged into. The Lord is desiring to plug into us to, that we can receive him. These encounters must become a necessity to you. There are many opportunities for them. The sacraments, all the sacraments, especially Holy Communion and Confession, visits to the church, Lexio Divina, reading the Holy Scripture, meditating on it, and just, you know, really putting yourself into it as, as one of the characters. There's so many different ways in, in doing the Lexio Divina. Prayer will, be, will put you in intimate conversation with Jesus. Be jealous of your solitude. That's the thing um, I need to work on. Be jealous of my solitude. To his company... Three is none. Two is company, three is none. 
being with Jesus not only excludes preoccupation with people, but undue interest in things. Learn to be content with Jesus. Learn to be content with him. Many people who think they are with him take all comers into their confidence. And Jesus is jealous of your, your confidence. No one else understands you as well as he does. And no one knows like him how to console and help. So strong a sense of Christ is rare even in religion. For the hermit, it is a vital necessity if he is to persevere and develop. It's a vital necessity if he's to persevere and develop. So brothers and sisters, it's necessary for us to be able to take moments of silence, moments of solitude. That's where God is. He's not in the chaos. He's not in the confusion. He's present with you in the quiet. God bless you. So as I continue reading the Philokalia, I'm at the part of teachings from St. John Cassian. And actually, he St. John Cassian lived in the 300s, 400s, and he had joined a, a monastery in Bethlehem, but then he moved to Egypt for 14 years, and he lived with the Desert Fathers, and he learned a lot from them. And, and so these teachings that they have put into, into this book are really about wisdom from the Desert Fathers. And so in one section, he actually speaks of the eight vices. And the first vice is gluttony. And so I'm going to share with you a little bit about what he shares because it's very interesting to me because it really helps. It really encourages us to fast. And of course, the Desert Fathers were very much about transcending this natural realm. And we hear in even um, authentic private revelations that have been approved, Mary often speaks of penance and Lourdes and Fatima and, and fasting. And even uh, the visionaries in Medjugorje, they began fasting and doing a lot of penances. And we're being called to that as well in these times. And we in the West, I think we have a harder time with that because even um, someone from Medjugorje spoke of how hard it is for us in the West to fast because we're so used to luxury. We're so used to uh, fast food. When we want it, we can get it. We're so used to really the pleasures of taste. And, and so it's hard for us to part because we've been so um, formed all growing up and eating foods that taste really good and just eating when we want to and eating a lot. And so this... St. John Cassian is speaking of that this first vice being gluttony. 
And of course he says, it is important that we grow in having a control of the stomach, which is the opposite of gluttony. And he speaks of how the Desert Fathers did not have a single rule because everyone is different, you know, and because of age, because of illness, because of delicacy of the body for some people, some people could fast more than others. And so everyone has to discern what is good and right and prudent for them. And he speaks of the fact that even if someone is ill, doesn't mean they can't grow and purity of soul. The key is that if you need to eat more, St. John says that we're not called to try to gratify the desires for pleasure. You know, if, if we're sick and we're needing something more, just to eat what we need in order to be able to live for God. He says that the single goal that's given by all of the Desert Fathers is to avoid overeating and the filling of our bellies. He said that they found that fasting for one day is more beneficial and a greater help toward purity than one extending over a period of three, four, or even seven days. Because someone who fasts for longer, then they may have to eat more at the end. And he speaks of the result of that is that we, well, first of all, you become sluggish when you have lack of food and sluggish over spiritual exercises. And at other times you become weighed down by the mass of food that is eaten. If, if you know, we go in and out, it makes us so listless and slack. And I know in my own life, you know, at times in do, eating one meal a day, I would get very hungry and and eat need to eat a lot during that time and I would get weighed down. And so now I try to spread it out between four and five hours or so. And it's just important for each one of us to be attentive to what area we're in need and growing in, in this area to, to grow in this self-control because that, that is the key, he says. It's a single basic rule for us in the area of fasting is self-control because some people may need to eat a lot more than others, you know, and it's not to be comparing ourselves to others. And, you know, because one person could fast very well and yet not be loving, not be virtuous in other areas. So the fasting's not really helping. The key is that we're attentive, we're discerning for our whole heart what is really going to help. He quotes Proverbs 24 where he, it says, Do not be deceived by the filling of the belly, or be led astray by the pleasure of the palate. He goes on to say, It is not only the variety of foodstuffs that kindles the fiery darts of unchastity, but also their quantity. Eat to live, not live to eat. And that's really key for us. A clear rule for self-control handed by the fathers is this. 
stop eating while still hungry and do not continue until you are satisfied. I know in my own life in the past, I used to fast a lot, but I think I had a certain pride about it. And so our Lord allowed me to become ill to where I couldn't fast like I wanted. And so it's always so important for us to check our motives. You know, are we feeling, you know, better about ourselves because we're fasting or, or are we really doing it for God? Are we seeing ourselves as better than others because we're fasting? We need to be attentive to our disposition and where our heart is. So he goes on to say, While self-control and fasting are especially important for bringing about that specific purity of soul which comes through restraint and moderation, no one whose stomach is full can fight mentally against the demon of unchastity. Our initial struggle, therefore, must be to gain control of our stomach and to bring our body into subjection, not only through fasting, but also through vigils, labors, and spiritual reading, and through concentrating our heart on fear of Gehenna and on longing for the kingdom of heaven. So if we think about it, when we are overindulgent with food, you know, we're stirring up our natural passions, our natural senses. So it's only going to spread. That's why he's speaking of it's not going to help if we're struggling with sexual sin, sexual impurity, if we're not fasting from food and being disciplined and self-controlled in our food, then our body is going to, you know, be more drawn to, to sins, all sins of the flesh. And so it's so important for us to try to bring our flesh under control because when we are trying to die to our physical senses and tame them, then it helps us to transcend and foster our spiritual senses. Because as Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. And very often we as Catholics are not living in the kingdom of God because we're so bogged down by the flesh. And so I speak for myself as well. I'm always trying to grow in this and, and fostering that uh, discipline and that penance and, and a more ascetical life. And, and this is why I'm so drawn to the desert fathers and mothers and, and the holy saints who have gone before us who truly did live a life of prayer and, and sacrifice. We're called to be a living sacrifice as Catholics. This is our calling as baptized because this life is so short and we're not meant to live for this life, but for heaven and to prepare for heaven and to build up treasure in heaven. And, and most importantly, we're being called to 
foster that intimacy with our divine Lord who is in our midst, but who we aren't going to encounter if we are bogged down on the natural realm. We will not able to be able to transcend through the spiritual realm of, of communion of life with God and with all of heaven who are so present with us here. It's but a very frail, thin veil between us and those who have gone before us, those who are in heaven, the, the angels and the saints, and of course our heavenly mother. And blessed are those who do not see but believe. So especially let us call upon Mary to intercede for us because she lived this perfectly. Her whole life, she was transcending the natural realm. She was not attached to anything in this life in a disordered way. She was always seeking God's divine will. She was always surrendering her human will, and she was not in any way bogged down by the flesh. So, Holy Mother, we ask that you intercede for us, that we may all grow in this. Intercede for us that we may be inspired by the Holy Spirit and knowing the areas that we're each being called to invite our Lord and His grace into. Help us to know the ways that we're each being called to fast. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Out of the Blue. Visit us on our motheroftheeucharist.org to donate and for more information about our ministries.